Gig Gab, the Working Musicians Podcast, episode 82 for Monday, September 19th, 2016. folks and welcome to gig gab the podcast by for and about working musicians here in durham new hampshire i'm dave hamilton and here in los gatos california paul kent here we are on monday again paul after uh, whatever the weekend brought us that's right yeah man <laughs> if nothing else we are dedicated we are that's right committed dedicated committable something like committable. that yeah that's right um so i had to i, I think i mentioned on monday that uh I on last week's show, meaning uh, that I had two gigs scheduled a Thursday and a Friday, but that I was probably going to have to to miss the thirty Thursday gig because of uh, an event in New York, and and the responsible uh, adult in me took over, and I did miss the the Thursday gig. Um, I went down to New York for a press event, which was actually really worthwhile. And and this these were Monkey Fist gigs, so monkey fist can can function as a two piece you know even with with you know no notice as long as the two pieces is, is not dave because they can just do uh john on vocals and jimmy on guitar and they're fine so so they did that and they actually roped in maddie from chafed so it turned into uh kind of an all request evening uh for them so that was that worked out well and then friday night uh you know i was in new york on thursday uh pretty late after the press event drove back from connecticut on friday morning Basically was home for, you know, an hour and a half and then drove off to this gig. So I was exhausted showing up for this gig. And of course, acoustic gigs for me mean I don't sit, that I stand and I play that uh, pitch slap that I have, the the kind of wearable cajon that I got from yeah. those guys. And uh, yeah, and so it was, as soon as I walked on stage, everything was fine. But, you know, two minutes before I walked on stage, I'm thinking, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can do this. You know, it's like, where am I going to find the energy? Where am I going to find the energy? And then I get on stage and everything's fine. And then we finished, you know, we did three sets. And after each one, it was like, oh, I don't know if I can do another one. <laughs> <laughs> but I, it, the gigs actually went really, really well. And uh, we had a nice crowd. The weather on the deck was perfect. This was this gig overlooking a golf course. I saw a picture. It was looked like a beautiful location. It's a great location. Yep. Um, it's, it's a, it's an interesting thing. There's a nightclub inside and then this deck sort of outside. And, and so they have acoustic acts play on the deck from, it used to be six to nine 30. Now it's seven to 10 30, which is an odd choice only because the band inside, which is usually like a, and I've done that with chafed, uh, usually, you know, a dance band, party band kind of thing starts at nine 30. So it's this weird sort of thing where you've got two bands playing simultaneously, but yeah. But it it actually worked, and and there were plenty of people that stayed out on the deck uh, until we finished, and then they went inside uh, and sort of skipped the first set of of, uh, of Last Laugh, which was the band that was playing inside. So mm-hmm. so it worked out, and we had a really nice time. The weather, oh, the weather was just you know perfect, kind of that extended New England summer thing. I'm actually headed your way. What is the weather this week? Uh, the weather this week is, I think it's supposed to be warm. It's rainy today, but I think today is the only day that it's rainy, um, at least here, an hour north of, of Boston. Yeah, it's supposed to be, you know, 80s all week. And Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, man. You should be in good shape. Yeah. Nice time to be here, actually. <laughs> 
Yeah. You know what? You mentioned this other band that was playing inside and I, it's interesting. Is there, um, are you well acquainted with, uh, same 10 bands that are all playing the same gigs around your, around your area? Um, in a sense, yes. Um, it, it's interesting here. We have, there's a guy, um, that runs a, a booking agency, if, if you will. His name's Paul Costley. Uh, and so cleverly he calls his, his agency, not, not so costly entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> and he's a drummer and plays kit and like, you know, acoustic gigs himself and books most of the bigger rooms in the area. And then has a couple of acts that he actually manages, you know, kind of under his umbrella, no matter where they play. But like like this gig at the dairy field, that's a that's a costly room. So you, the only way you get that gig, and actually actually the Thursday night gig at the Gaslight, that's also a costly room. So you have to uh, be in Paul's good graces, and I, I don't say that to be cheeky. I just say that's how that's how it works. You know, if the booking agent doesn't like you, you won't get booked. It's it's that simple. Uh, they want people they can trust and and that sort of thing. But he really has a monopoly. Um, on on many of the the bigger uh, rooms in the area, so so because of that, there are bands that Paul books, and yes, I'm aware of of that sort of circuit of things. It's it's Got an it. interesting dynamic. Yeah, was it difficult to get into his uh, into his Good. stable? Yeah, You're not, well, he doesn't actually represent your group. He's not managing you; just booking those rooms. That's right. Yeah, no, he books. Um, he just books the rooms. And so I don't deal with Paul. I met him, uh, nice guy, you know, uh, very, always very cordial and everything. But John Donahue, who is the singer in, uh, Monkey Fist and, and also the singer in Chafed whenever Chafed plays, uh, he's the one that, that, that coordinates all that with Paul and, and works it out. And, and so, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it, um, it is difficult because there's a lot of people vying for Paul's attention. In fact, it'd be great to get Paul on the show. Um, because it, I think it'd be interesting to hear his his um, his take on all of this. Well, it would be interesting, and I'll tell you, you know, my perspective. That we're going in a different direction than I thought, but <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, yeah it's okay. Um, there are a few people I know who start agencies, uh, and it's really interesting because there are guys who I don't, I've never met these people, and our band shows up on their list of bands that they quote unquote represent. That whole agency thing, especially for the cover band thing, is a um, it's an interesting it's an interesting um, gig. I you know it seems to me ostensibly that all these guys who have agencies, quote unquote agencies, yep, they also play in bands. And if you call their agency, first call is is uh, is their band. So sure, as you, know, it, like as you would expect, right? I mean, I, I guess no, because you know, really, what's right is what's right for. The event, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Fair point. Fair point. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but, yeah, but, I, but does that mean that like somebody like Paul doesn't engineer a band that he knows that, that he happens to be in or maybe one that he doesn't. Right. But, but he's, you know, he's got bands that he reps as well as just rooms for whom he is the sole booking contact. Yeah. And, and so he knows what these rooms are going to need. Uh, they trust him to find an act. If that act happens to be him, um, I, you know, I, I, I get where you're coming from, from a purity standpoint, but I also get that, you know, this is just business It is just business, <laughs> and it's like, you know, the rooms uh, that he, that, that contract with him, trust him to bring in the right acts and that's it. Right. You know, so 
Yeah. Yeah. I don't, but I get it. It's it. And certainly from the outside, you know, like Mike from fling has never been able to get in, uh, to a costly room. Uh, and Mike knows Paul and, and that it's just, we've, he had his stable of bands in place before we, uh, slash Mike ever approached him about having fling play. And so it was like, yeah, well, I, I don't need another band. So that, that gets interesting, right? You know, but that's how it works. Yes. Let's talk to an agent. Let's talk to a booking guy. Let's talk to a guy who's, who's done this and made a career out of. Yeah. He's got a career. Yeah. He's been doing this for, I, I would, I think he's been doing this longer than I've been playing in New Hampshire. And I've only been here 11 years, but I, I mean, I think this is a decade plus right. business for him. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, you know, stable and predictable and, and he understands the market. Yeah. 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 Got it. Yeah. That, that'd be a good, good discussion. Anyway, I, I was about to rant, but I think I'm going to, I'm going to hold off on the ranting. Okay. You can rant. It's fine. Yeah. Okay. No, no, no. No, no, no. Okay. We'll save the rant for another time. I, I, I implied the rant and I think wheels probably turning and anybody <laughs> listening, you know, in their, in their town, there's probably someone like a Mr. Costly, you know, and some are more ethical than others. And, sure. you know, some are, uh, so you know, we'll we'll just leave it out there for now. But I will say I had a couple interesting things this weekend. Number one, uh, House Rockers played our first club date after a summer of nice outdoor gigs. And it was kind of an interesting thing. Um, I expected the band to kind of let down a little bit, you know, smaller crowd, tight stage, you know, all this type of stuff. What I found was uh, all of this playing together. I found out exactly how tight we are. You so know, I, got, I got to pause. I got to pause you here. Uh, I, I, was, I was looking for a spot, but your our our Skype connection is not all that friendly right now. So I'm going to pause us oh. and uh, and we'll see what we can do about uh, about clearing that up for you folks. All right, we're back. So yeah, so the band is tight. Yeah. So the point was I expected a letdown, you know, after these big gigs, huge crowds, big stages, you know, a lot of love. I expected uh, back to the clubs and it would be a, you know, a, a energy letdown and that type of thing. And I wouldn't say that we had the greatest energy in the world, but um, the music just flowed. I mean, it was just grooving and uh, and uh, it was kind of nice to, you know, see, feel that the band was that together. So that was kind of a cool thing. That's very cool. Yeah, that was cool. And then the other thing is yesterday, Sunday. I was asked to perform with a house band at a, a fundraising event. So there's a school here where the parents are working to um, get a better music program for their school. And uh, so they threw this this uh, kind of day on the green, this kind of concert, noon to three, and they had some local acts. And the nice parents that organize this are musicians themselves. And I so I fronted a band that they put together, never rehearsed with them, you know, the, there was just no time and I got to play in front of them. I played four songs. Actually, I played two acoustic songs with Mary Ellen and Steve. They were on it as well. And then um, I fronted this band for four songs. It was really, really fun. They were good players, um, really nice people, crazy nice people. And uh, they did their homework and they, you know, they were prepared for the four songs that I requested. Sure. Uh, but it, the, the reflection on this was drummers 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 it really is the thing that's different i mean you, you know the feel yep. where you place the beat i mean i can put up with almost anything else guitar players playing slightly different parts but when you're used to your drummer or you know or you know a guy who's just right on it like has learned is with covers really has learned things you know note for note sure. but even at that yeah. you know, the slightest the slightest say, I'm, I'm sure you noticed a difference having me backing you up than you do when you have joe 
Um, I noticed absolutely noticed the difference, um, and it was not a and it was not a bad difference to notice. I mean, like when you were in, maybe because we've played we've together played in the past, together. right? Maybe yeah. because we have like this friendship, and there's like there's this kind of like social trust, yeah. That kind of you know that thing, but but a drummer is the thing you notice when you're sitting in with new people, and it's a whole you know it's it's how hard they hit the drums, it's exactly where they put the beat on on things. So we played we played Running on Empty, American Girl by Tom Petty, yeah. Um, we played Glory Days, and he did the intro right, which was Good. cool. That's great. And yeah. uh, and then we did uh, Knocking on Heaven's Door, which is which was probably the best song in the set, and was a lot of fun. I was going to say that's uh, the easiest of the of the four you mentioned in terms yeah. of, of of sort of interpreting the groove. That one's just going to be kind of an open, loose, you know, let's just pound it out kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. The two that had unique drum parts, which would be Running on Empty, has that weird thing that does on the toms, right? Yes. And then uh, American Girl, American which has Girl. classic, you know, he didn't do those. And that throws you off. I remember like, sitting in with a band with, of guys that I had played with. Like this was um, we were called the Responders and then we were called Route 66. And we had in Route 66 had played American Girl. And, and then I moved to New Hampshire. And three years later, they said, look, we need a drummer for a gig. It, you know, the, uh, can you come down and, and fill in for us? And it was, you know, a three hour drive or whatever. I'm like, yeah, of course. It'd be great to play with you guys again. But they had been playing, obviously, with a different drummer for three years. And we played American yeah. Girl. And Steve, the guitar player, who's one of the smartest people I know and one of the best musicians I know, never found the one throughout the entire song. And, mm. and it was like, oh, yeah, because because that drum groove, their other drummer played it straight. And it's yeah. not a straight groove. So, yeah, that can be very, very. And it was, you know, we all knew what was happening. It's like, uh, how do we how do we bring Steve along with us? <laughs> Yeah. Well, and the thing, that whole song is that drum groove, right? Right. <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever, I don't think I've ever played it without that drum groove. So it threw me a little bit. I mean, you can get through it, of course, but it definitely threw me a little bit. And I had a hard time finding the one again, there was no sound check or anything like that. And I couldn't hear the bass player. Mm. And, um, and so that one was tougher. Um, and then the, you know, the vibe I was expecting to walk into for running on empty with that, you know, kind of offbeat Tom hit. Yeah. Is, that was another one. So drummers is the thing. And, and, uh, I can't express enough. I'm, I'm fortunate. I was very fortunate to play with you as much as we played together. Joe is a very solid drummer. Um, and, uh, you know, you can always find the one with Joe and, um, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, that, it was just an interesting thing. You know, again, I, I didn't really care what the other guitar player was doing. I didn't really care what the keyboard player was doing. I mean, I cared, yeah, but yeah, it yeah. wasn't going to, it wasn't going to throw me off or, or carry me one way or another. Right. Um, uh, it, w w one thing that was nice about this band. So the guitar player was the dad who, or, who put this together and he was a really fine player. And we kind of got into a nice groove trading licks at the end. And it was really fun. You know, it's always just fun to do that. Like I said, I don't go to jams or play jams or anything like that. Um, but, uh, you know, meet people that you immediately have some chemistry with and then play a little bit of music and have something kind of come to life was a lot of fun. The bass player was a real treat. I mean, a, you know, what, from what I could hear, he was a great player, but he also was a great singer. So oh, in this okay. kind of like, as opposed to things just being very flat, he was like, you know, adding background vocals on, on running on empty and on American girl and all this stuff. And it was, he was really, really good. I hope to play with him again. That's a, that's one of my favorite things about um, either jam sessions or, you know, subbing any, any scenario where you're suddenly playing like real music with people. And it could just be in a rehearsal room. It doesn't have to be in front of a crowd, but but anything where you're now playing songs with people that you just met and yep. uh, and when that kind of thing happens 
and somebody just, you know, like you said, nails a harmony or, or really, you know, there's a fill or, or a solo or something. It's like, oh, yeah, I like this. The third gig with that same group of people is the biggest letdown in the world because now you're predicting what they're going to do and you're like, oh, I don't know if that was as good as the first time he did it, you know. <laughs> but it, but it, then it gets better from there. But that's, that's sure. been my experience is it, it, it's this beautiful, like, you know, the honeymoon is, is the, the, there's like the wedding, then there's the honeymoon in the second gig, and then the third gig is like 25 <laughs> years down the road. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although I, you know, having been married, well, not 25 years, but, uh, but long enough, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe 25 years down the road is great. <laughs> it's, it's all been good so far. So very cool. Yeah. 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 So the other thing is, um, I play with Stephen Mary Ellen at this, at this charity gig and we do seven bridges road. And I have to say that is like a lesson in harmony singing for non-trained singers, right? The whole concept of blending. It's not a terribly hard song. No, it's you know, easy. It, it, it's, well, <laughs> the parts are easy to understand. The parts are straight out of the chord that's being played. So that's it's, right. It's, that's you right. can hear your note, you know, yep. again, I'm not a trained singer and I have to work really hard in order to find, and there's a lot of things my ear just isn't finding. This one I found, and, and, and it's been pretty easy for me, uh, but the lesson is in blending, you know, in, you know, how close you are to the mic and all that type of stuff. Yeah. And because when it's right, it is so butter. It is so wonderful because it's a whole song. I mean, there's not a line you take off. So. No, that's right. Yeah, I um, I And, you know, when you when you talk about blending harmonies, there's there's so many things, right? There's as you said that your distance from the mic so that you're getting the, the right mix, but also that like the timbre of your voice, you know, how, yes. how much edge are you putting on it or how soft are you making it? And then what do you do at the beginnings and ends of words, right? Do you, are you hitting any consonants? And when I'm singing harmonies behind somebody, often I don't hit any consonants whatsoever. I, I fade into the note and fade out before they finish. And it sounds really tight when you do that. But but again, like you said, you've you got to just sort of work that out in uh, in the system. But but yeah, figuring out who's the lead, especially on a song like that, where it could be argued there is no, you know, it, the lead could be any of the parts. Right. Yeah. But, but just trusting, OK, that's the person that's starting us in on each phrase. And then and then here we are. Um, yeah, it can be a, a magic thing for sure. Yeah, cool. that's exciting, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it was a fun weekend. I'm actually going to see, um, speaking of Seven Bridges Road, Don Henley is opening his tour with that uh, this 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 time around, and I'm going to see him tomorrow night. So oh, I'm sweet. Very, very much looking forward to uh, to that. I'm sure I'll have a, a, you know, a report after I see him. Did I tell you I saw Little Feet uh, like a week ago? I saw ago? you posted on Facebook a couple of pictures of the top of your head overlooking the stage. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, we were. That's your thing. It's my thing now. That's right. Um, yeah. So we um, we went. It was a uh, Lisa and I went with Burke, our bass player in Fling, and and his wife Ellie, and uh, we had great seats right up front. And uh, it was the first night of a very short tour for them. I think it was only like a four or maybe six night sort of jaunt. They they do this gig uh, where they play in Jamaica every year. They used to do a cruise. Uh, and now they just do a, a you know a non floating resort in uh, in Jamaica, and uh, and they called this their warm up gig for it. I guess they do that in January, uh, their warm up tour for it. And they so they were having a lot of fun. They were really, I mean, they sounded great. They were they were really loose on stage, and that they were you know communicating with each other. Um, you know, their drummer is is still the new guy, right? Because he replaced Richie Hayward what five years ago or something. Uh-huh. Um, but, uh, 
He, you know, the guy he, we saw when when they played for us. It is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he he did a fantastic job uh, on on these tunes. Now he was, um, his name's Gabe Ford. He is, um, he is related somehow to Robin Ford, and he was Richie, and has played gigs in his own right uh, throughout his life, but was also Richie's uh, drum tech. So. You know, he kind of knew he was in the family and and uh, and I remember talking to Paul Barrera about him at that that Macworld gig. And he was saying, yeah, you know, he, he was the right guy for the job. He kind of knows how we flow and it was an easy transition. And and he does a good job. Very different from Richie Hayward. Well, not very different, but different from Richie. Uh, but but still drove the groove. I mean, it, you know, he's pounding it out. And they're a band, it, you know, it, to use your words, that likes to sweat. I mean, these guys like to dig in and play, and uh, and and they did. They said, oh, it was so good. It was a weird gig because everybody it was like the, the way the theater was set up was tables, and so everybody sat for probably two thirds of the gig, which was weird. And finally, Lisa was like, "This is ridiculous. This is a little feet <laughs> show." And so we got up. The people there was tables of four, and we were the kind of the second table back from the stage. For some reason, I think the people at the table in front of us were friends of the band because at one point I saw the woman who was sitting there before the show started dancing off in the in the wings backstage. So obviously, you know, they had more access than we did for whatever reason. And they were gone by about the halfway point of the show. They So that table was empty and Lisa's like, this is stupid. So we pushed our table up and we pushed our chairs up and we stood up. And then like 25 people came and crowded into where we were and we're like, thank you so much for doing this. <laughs> you could feel it in the room. Everybody kind of wanted to be up and moving, but nobody wanted to sort of break the ice. So thankfully, thankfully, Lisa did. <laughs> and we had a Your blast. Wife is awesome. She is. She's crazy. <laughs> um, but uh, but it was great. It was it was kind of weird being I mean, we were really close because it the table in front of us was literally up against the stage. And there was no barricade or anything. This is just like a, a theater. So, you know, like the monitor was was right in front of them. It was weird uh, being that close um, to those guys. But, you know, it was good. I mean, it was especially sitting kind of underneath them. It was this kind of strange dynamic. They even acknowledge it. They're like, well, this is a weird setup. Like, yeah, we think so. Well, what an awesome band who just grips it and rips it. I mean, they have these, A, they have these great songs, but B, and really nice guys. Yep. Humble, normal guys, you know, for people who have been through the wars like that. But um, I just I was really impressed that they're just they're just great musicians who just take the stage, sit at their instruments and then every night give you a great show. Yeah, I think I think it's I mean, think about this. They they know how fortunate they are to be doing what they're doing because it was taken away from them. Right. I mean, early, early on, they they were on their way. Yeah. And then Lil George dies. Right. This is their for the, for anybody that doesn't know Little Feet, right? This is their visionary founder, lead singer is now gone. Most bands sort of say, well, this was a fun run. And Little Feet did that, too, for a number of years. They just hung it up. And then they met Craig Fuller, uh, who was the singer of Pure Prairie League, right? He wrote mm-hmm. Amy and uh, and brought him in. And he did three albums with him. That did extremely well, right? I mean, that's where Let It Roll came from. And, you know, Hate to Use Your Lovin' was on that record and and Spider's Blues. I mean, all those and and uh, uh, Texas Twister, right? I mean, all they had some hits and it was like, hey, holy crap, we can we can do this with someone else. And then Craig didn't want to tour anymore. So it's like, oh, OK. And so they brought Sean Murphy in, a, a female. 
uh, singer, and I, I never, I never saw them with her, but I've heard recordings. It, it's not having a woman singing those songs just never sat right for me. I never felt the edge and the energy, at least not that particular woman. Sean, I felt it was never the right one, but they felt she was right. She was with them for what? 10 plus years. And then when she left, they finally, I feel like they finally had the confidence to say, well, wait a minute. We don't, we, you know what? We can do this just, just with us. We don't need to prop somebody up in front of us. Let's just go. Plus all these other people are flakes. (laughs) So I don't know it, you know, and so now it's just them and they do a great job. Um, Paul Barrere sings a lot of the Lowell George leads uh, and does a great job with them being the first night out. I saw him kind of coughing and stuff. I don't know if he had a cold on some tunes. He would sing like fat man in the bathtub uh, when they played it. He sang the first line. It wasn't down an octave, but it was like, you know, a new melody, maybe a fifth down from, from where it should be. And you could tell he just wanted to kind of, you know, plug through the tune and, and, and not stretch for it. And the entire crowd sang it, of course, where it was originally written. And you could see him at just after one line. He was like, oh, never mind. <laughs> and he sang it up. <laughs> he just pushed through awesome. <laughs> like a pro. Yeah. No, it was great. Yeah. Hey, I got to ch- take a left turn here. And okay. we were talking about your wife, which had me thinking about your family, which had me thinking about your awesome daughter. So I saw the Jam Patrol video that you posted as well. And um, A, who the heck is that kid? He has a beautiful voice. Um, I'm trying to think, oh, that Nico, the, the guitar player that was, yeah. Sitting, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's Nico, uh, Nico Karatsis. Um, he, he's the one that kind of pulled jam patrol as a band together. What, how old is he? He is 15. And he has presence. He has confidence. He plays well. He sings really well. It kind of prodigy like, huh? Yeah, kind of. Um, he's a really, really nice kid. Uh, you couldn't necessarily tell this from the video of them just playing acoustic, but he is a ripping lead player on electric. I mean, absolutely can hang with anyone. Uh, we've had him sit in with fling and any, I mean, it's like, all right, yeah, you just, you know, you just tell him to go and he just goes. And, uh, but yeah, like you said, he's got presence. He can sing while he plays. He understands what's going on. Um, it was, it was one, you know, I love seeing the kids kind of go through their, their trials and tribulations. I think I mentioned on this show that when Sky and Nico just went to do an acoustic gig, neither one of them thought to bring a PA with them. Yeah. Yeah. He said that. Yeah. And, and, and so there's these learning opportunities. Well, um, at this gig, neither of the two acoustic guitar players, Nico or, nor Jeff brought nine volt batteries with them for their, you know, pickups and their acoustic guitars. I had, because I've played with flaky guitar players before, I always keep a couple of nine volts in my glove box. Uh, so thankfully, Sky. Uh, Easy there, Dave. Hey, I, I'm not saying all guitar players are flaky. I didn't say just because I play with guitar players. I said I played with flaky guitar players. So I have nine volts in my in my glove box. I also keep picks in there, um, but uh, that I rarely need to use myself. Uh, but it turned out my nine volt batteries were old. Uh, because I, I haven't played with the flaky guitar player in a while, I guess. And they only lasted each of the guys about half the gig. And it one it, during one tune, you could see Nico realized that Jeff's guitar had stopped and it was time for him to play a lead. And if you knew kind of the, the form of their set, you know that it was time for a lead and he didn't take the lead because he knew it would sound really empty without that rhythm underneath him. So he kind of played a rhythmy lead, um, just more syncopated rhythms and stuff to keep it interesting, but also keep it full. And I was standing with his dad 
and uh, was like, oh, this is really good for the kids to learn these lessons. Like, you know, mm-hmm. you got to be aware, right? And you got to you got to adapt in the moment and deal with it. Um, thankfully, there was a convenience store right around the corner, so um, so uh, Jeff's mom w- went and bought a couple of nine volts, and so the guys were okay. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. I do. I have to kind of give. Props to Skyler. There was that Hamilton steady beat going on on this video that I watched and it was just perfect. And it was, you know, not too busy and it was perfect time and everything like that. So um, the the beat goes on in the Hamilton house. Skyler, great job. Yeah, I'll pass that along to her. I'll make sure she listens. Yeah, she I, she made me proud. Um, she always makes me proud when she plays. And, and Saturday or Sunday, I guess, was was no different. Yeah, she and, you know, it's interesting because I play that pitch slap all the time. And she's played it a few times, but uh, anytime I see her play it, like she was, she was approaching it a hundred percent differently than I do. And it was like, Oh, I get, Oh, I could play it that way too. And so it was great. And I, I have just recently got a a mic. I bought a, like a crappy saxophone clip on mic. Uh I just wanted a condenser mic that went 20 to 20, you know, or close enough to 20 to 20. Uh, 20, uh, so 20 hertz to 20 kilohertz, essentially the entire range of, of human hearing. Right. And I think this one's maybe, I don't know, 30 to to 16 or something. But, you know, it was like I didn't want to spend a ton of money. It was sort of an experiment. So I spent like mm-hmm. 70 bucks. I would never put this thing on a saxophone. I'm sure it would sound like crap. But <laughs> uh, but shoving it inside of, you know, I clip it on the edge of the port on the, the pitch slap and sort of just shove the mic inside. And uh, it sounds great. And it makes it easy. We don't have to, you know, have. Uh, her standing, you know, fixed position in front of a microphone or anything like that. And so uh, so I was I was happy to actually be able to hear it uh, as well. But it yeah. was just really cool to see, you know, younger people playing music from their heart with their heart uh, and sounding great. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just I don't come across enough kid bands out here. I know that there are some and I, I don't say kid bands, drug, just no. younger people playing music. Right. So whenever I see it, and that was part of this um, fundraiser that I did this weekend was you know, the next John Lennon or John Mayer or Bob Dylan, you know, it's going to come. It's not going to come if, if the kids don't get instruments in their hands, you know, at a young age. And so whenever and, and that they were doing kind of cool, there was one funky original and that they're writing. That's kind of cool stuff. Yeah. 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 I didn't I tried to record. Uh, I didn't record them doing uh, Ramble on, which they did a nice, nice version of. And they played for, they opened the set with a song. <laughs> this is like one of these crazy things I would never do. For the first time they played a tune, they opened their set with it and uh, and without a sound check. And it was uh, Here I Go Again, the Whitesnake tune. But they, they wound up – no, they wound up doing this – I mean it was an acoustic version, but it was just a little more laid back and a little more groovy. And uh, all of us parents were like – I like this better than the original. Uh, this is this is really good. Terrific. And and we all knew it was their first time playing it. They had they had literally just learned it, you know, two days before here in the in the studio. But yeah, it's like you know, it's funny. We look at the kids and we're like, man, they have no idea. I'm happy to let them go through whatever learning experiences they need to go through. And I'm I, you know, I'm not going to be the dad that just runs up to save them if they need help and they ask for it. I'll give it to them. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, they, they got to stumble a little bit to, to learn these lessons, like, for example, to never, ever again forget to bring a nine volt to a gig. Right. You know, you got to suffer a little and then suddenly that problem is solved. Yeah. But but these kids don't suffer. I mean, they have a rehearsal room full of, you know, they, like Skylar has never played on a hundred dollar drum set, uh, you know, and there's no reason for her to. We've got three drum sets here that are perfectly adequate. Right. <laughs> right. So 
it, you know, and, and the same is true for all the other kids because their parents are, are musicians. Um, the bass player is actually Russ's son, Russ from Fling. And, and so, you know, they have a rehearsal room that's soundproofed and, you know, a PA. They they have monitors at their gigs. They, they care about monitors. I mean, in my first gigs, I, you know, like I'm sure you didn't have monitors for a, a decade of playing, let alone right. ever once. They were going to take Sky's monitor away because they needed an XLR or not Sky's, but the band's soul monitor away because they yeah. needed an XLR for something. And Skyler's like, no, 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 leave that there. Use the XLR from that. You know, she, and then she looked at me. She said, who's going to take our monitor away? That's crazy. That's <laughs> like, funny. You're so spoiled, kiddo. <laughs> but it's good. Anyway, it's not, you know. Yeah. Pass on my kudos to Sky That's and right. to Nico. You know, that was really fun for me to watch. And they did a great job. And, and uh, I got a wedding gig coming up. So uh, we haven't talked about wedding gigs in a while. And so um, I got a wedding gig next weekend. So maybe that we'll talk about that. Cool. And uh, yeah, we got to we got to get back on getting a couple of cool guests here. I've had a lot of requests from uh, some musicians around here. Uh, Mary Ellen wants to talk about being the only woman in a band, which is something we've kind of threatened to. Let's do it. Let's make it happen before the end of October. And I've got uh, I've got a couple of people I'm working on, too. I don't want to I don't want to say any names because I I don't want to jinx the the way it's coming. But uh, a couple of exciting uh, things that I'm looking forward to. to Yeah, I did want to say. Thanks to the people who are interacting more on our Facebook page. We've got a lot more likes, a lot more comments and suggestions, that type of stuff. And it's fun for us to uh, see you guys. You know, we know that you're out there, but that's one of the ways that we get to kind of see that you're out there. So thanks for that. And I, keep those suggestions coming. And I and, and while we're giving shout outs, I want to uh, shout out to the uh, guys from the Two Cheers uh music podcast also the the band is called two cheers yeah so they're they're listeners of of gig gab here and uh and now i'm listeners i'm i'm a listener of their podcast because they they name checked us in one episode which is a great way to find out about this other show and they were talking about slack using slack as a band and uh but it was all kinds of different technology actually so it was it was a great introduction to their show for this you know musician slash nerdy geek uh uh, in me so thanks guys yeah great stuff cool all right, I think that's it. That's all we got for today. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Paul. Fun. Have a uh, have good travels here on uh, Thanks, man. on the East Coast, man. Talk to you next week. See ya. Always be performing, folks.